Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, this is The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, I'm Mike and she's Emma and in this episode um, we're just sort of going to do some general chatting about stuff and things. Yeah, it's been a long time since we had a, a roundup of, of stuff and things happening around Doctor Who world. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously there's always uh, things coming out because, you know, Big Finish releases things, just you know, like a tsunami of, of stuff every day. Yeah. And... Um, so obviously we're not going to cover all of those as we would be here for hours, but mm. we wanted to just do a little roundup of uh, things that have been happening in the background while everyone was recovering from the fallout of uh, uh, the series. I mean, also for us as well, we've had some pretty heavy duty episodes. I mean, mm-hmm. quite a lot of research and rewatching and all that sort of thing. So we wanted to have like a nice relaxed episode, yeah. a bit shorter than usual, maybe just have a nice little chat about the sort of current Doctor Who affairs. So mm-hmm. Mike, where do you want to start us off? Um, okay, well, first of all, we've got a new logo. Yes, we have. What do you think? Um, I like it, but I do wish they wouldn't. They weren't going to be putting it on everything else where it doesn't belong. I feel like <laughs> it doesn't belong anyway, um, because there is this thing about it's going to go on the classic releases also. Oh, this right, new yes. logo. Yes, I've seen and... the um, the. There's a Blu-ray coming out, isn't there? Of season twelve, yes. uh, Tom Baker's first year, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Which I have to admit is, I mean, obviously, you know, I haven't got all of season one, but it's it seems like a bit of an odd place to start, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I I think that I think the, sort of the rationale behind it is that I think season twelve is kind of regarded as one of the stronger seasons. I mean, obviously, you've got like Genesis and mm. all those sort of things in that season, so it, it's one of those ones of it's kind of a, an easily digestible kind of test case to package seasons up as hmm. as one box if you see what i mean yeah so if anyone's going to buy any of these it's going to be that one isn't it yeah um yeah. so uh yeah but um yeah I, I don't dislike the logo at all i think it's i think it's nice it's mm-hmm. it's clean it's yeah. uh you know it's going to look good in the series but i mean I, I don't really understand this thing of messing up the order of my shelves mike i don't <laughs> like it <I'm... laughs> um yeah i mean it's a bit because i know um uh, Silver Screen's finally putting out the uh, Series Nine soundtrack, and that's got the new logo on it as well. And it took yes, ages, it has. and took ages for that to actually get a, a a street date for it. And the Silver Screen all been saying, "Oh, we're waiting on some material." So I don't know whether it was that, or what was causing the delay, or whether they were trying to get maybe like the 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 rock, the rock version of the theme tune um, from Before the Flood. Um, I don't think they've ever really went into details, but uh, yeah, it is a bit weird for the new logo to be on old stuff. Yeah, um, it is strange. I mean, yeah, I, I, I remember when uh, Two Entertain kind of changed logos, and mm. that meant the DVDs didn't all look. They had that the the region that sort of two logo in the right at the bottom of the spine, yeah. mm-hmm. and then everyone was mad that it didn't match to the point that they then said right okay we'll give you reversible covers <laughs> yeah yeah i remember that i mean if that, uh, i mean you know maybe do that again mm. yeah and it will you can have all your new logo on it if you must but uh all the sort of oh actually i want my shelves to look the same like me and chuck um <laughs> we can flip the flip the, the sleeve over and then it doesn't look different but mm. oh it's just so annoying i mean like, it's like um I get every year. I get a book yeah. called The Football Outsiders Almanac, which right. is for for the upcoming NFL season. Yeah. And um, every year, it's a slightly different shape. I've got five of them, and they're all slightly differently tall than each other. Oh, 
and I don't know why. It's they're all <laughs> they're essentially the same thickness. They're different colours, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's not like wizards. You know, like they're not like the Chris, the cricket almanac. Yeah. But yeah, if you look, they're all just one is slightly taller than the other one, and the next one is slightly taller than that. And oh, it drives me spare to the point where they're actually at an angle I can't see the difference in height from where I'm sitting now hmm. because I would just throw them in the bit. No, not throw them in the bit. But it's just like <laughs> they, why no, they're wouldn't. the same book. <laughs> no, I wouldn't know. But I mean, it's the same publisher. It's the yeah. same people that make it every year. Why is the book a different? size if it's taller people. again it won't fit on my shelf it won't fit on my shelf if they're bigger again because there are they're oversized softback books as it is but anyway this is such a ridiculous argument but the point is please stop changing everything please think of the, <laughs> the people with the pedants please um yeah um so anyway <laughs> moving on um first yes. rumor of the night and so, have we all had our uh, pinches of salt, children? Then we'll proceed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mirror reports that Doctor Who could be triumph travelling for real this year from Saturday nights to Sundays. Um, oh. Not the first time that it's been on a Sunday. No. Um, it was the Davison year that they had. It was it was back to back. It was Saturday and Sunday night, wasn't it, for a while? I was like, wasn't that like Monday or Tuesday or something? Yeah, it was, some, it was on some... consecutive nights, wasn't yeah. it? Which yeah. is a bit weird for the cliffhangers, really, because, you know, it's not like a soap opera, you know, you're too like, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, we'll just tune in tomorrow. <laughs> not like next week. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, in principle, it, it's not a big deal for me because, no. I mean, I'm watching it anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, they could put it on at three o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday and I'd probably be up watching it. <laughs> but um, I... It's one of those other things of, I mean, the the, the immediate reactions is if if it's if it is so, mm-hmm. is that once again the old Doctor Who nerds will freak out because, you know, reminiscent of, the eighties when it like say it was Monday Tuesday it was mm-hmm. alternate it was this week that week it, and um, I think that it's had. It's got enough problems sort of maintaining an audience when it's not on at the same time every week. Mm. I mean, that's something that we've complained about more than once is yeah. that every week. It's Saturday, but then it's sometimes it's half past five. Sometimes it's quarter past eight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it sort of gets dotted around the schedule, you know, because of mostly because of the the other shows that are on um because yeah. in, in the if you're not a uk resident uh doctor who is generally on at the same time as strictly come dancing mm-hmm. uh the states have lots of other countries have strictly but i mean in this country um when they're at the point of it's quite early on in the series there's mm-hmm. something like 13 or 14 fucking celebrities in it yeah. so the show lasts an hour and a half mm-hmm. And so it's like you put Doctor Who on before or after Strictly. If it's after, it's late. If it's or it's too early, but then they don't stick with it. It's no. one one week, one the other week. Mm-hmm. So in a way, if they move it to Sunday, they might be able to guarantee a more consistent slot because yeah. Sunday night telly in this country is, you know, after tea time. So after sort of about five o'clock, I'm calling tea time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's Songs of Praise, Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. Um, if it's strictly seasoned, the strictly result show is about a half hour show, mm-hmm. um, and then usually some boring crime drama from nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, so in theory, I'm sure the BBC are looking at that slot and saying, okay, well we can stick Doctor Who consistently every week on a Sunday night between um, the end of the, the strictly result show and the boring crime show at nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, 
So in that way, if it means it's going to have a consistent slot every week, it's always going to be at half past seven every Sunday, then I think that that is worth exploring. Mm -hmm. But I just, I mean, I just feel like Doctor Who is naturally a Saturday night TV. I mean, because even though I'm an old woman now and I haven't been at school for 15 years, Mm -hmm. I still associate Sunday with school night. Yeah, you know it's the you know you spent all day doing your homework. You just you're miserable because you've got to go to got to go to bed in half an hour because you've got to get <laughs> to school and all that sort of thing. So um, I just feel like Saturday is kind of Doctor Who's natural home mm-hmm. because it's like an action and it's family and yeah. Saturday's like for most. I mean, obviously, I think that. But it's changed a lot. A lot of families now, people, I mean, we all do as well. My family, your family, you do as well, Mike, all mm-hmm. work on Saturdays. Weekends yeah. are kind of a bit meaningless in that way. I mean, a lot of yeah. people work unsocial, as they call it, hours. Not mm-hmm. a lot of people work nine to five anymore. So mm-hmm. I think the the whole family sitting down on Saturday night to watch something is unsadly a bit of a thing of the past. But I think there are families that still like to do that. And I just feel mm-hmm. like that's, that's why Doctor Who has always felt like Saturday night TV to me because it's for everybody. Yeah. It's for everyone's in. We've had our dinner. We've been out. We're in now. Cup of tea, cup of coffee before the kids go to bed for bath time or whatever. It's the show that we watch and then we do, you know, our, our nighttime stuff and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I can see the, the old nerds getting up in arms about this, but um, I don't know. I, I just feel like if they could off, like I say, if they could offer it a consistent slot every week, then okay give it a try but i just if it's going to be like oh you know it's fa cup weekend so (laughs) yeah you know the football's been on all day so Mm. like so the football if it's fa cup weekend so the football finishes at five no Mm. songs of praise this week stick doctor who in there yeah and it's like oh don't do this to it just don't start messing it around like this so It, yeah. it does it does bring up bad memories, but I can see that maybe they're exploring it because then they can say it's Doctor Who every week for 12 weeks is on at 7.30 on a Sunday night. That's yeah. It. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, Doctor Who's always been on a, a Saturday night until, like, the 80s. Yeah. Um, but when you have, like, things like Strictly and things like that, it just absolutely gets battered around mm. in, with, like, stupid times. I mean, even, like, sometimes that's, like, squishing before like eurovision or whatever um yeah. like during the summer or, or it has to have a week off it's, it's had it had things where it's had a break in the middle of the series because eurovision's been on mm-hmm. so they've you know they take it off on eurovision night yeah or again if it's the fa cup if it's fa cup or the champions league or because obviously it's not on at the same time every year you're running up against i mean obviously we've got the world cup this year yeah. the commonwealth games is on at the moment i mean obviously that's not relevant but i'm sure that these things come up in the planning mm-hmm. um you know it's it bumps into all of the big things if you see i mean because it's because it is going to be well what 10 weeks this year isn't it so it's going to kind of over i mean we're going to miss eurovision Mm -hmm. that's not going to be a problem but then Mm -hmm. you're getting into when you get into quarter three of 2018 obviously then you have to start looking at things like obviously the strictly schedule the x factor is back Mm -hmm. um on the other channel which they don't want to go up against i mean although you know they would say we're not competing with the X Factor. I'm sure they'd love to not be up against the X Factor. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, stop lying. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, and then obviously you've got the Christmas schedule start creeping in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's difficult to now put a big block of one thing in at the same time almost. Yeah. I'm trying to series 11 is starting in October this year, isn't it? Yeah, so I mean, if it's 10 weeks in October... That's good. Even if it's like... Even like very early October, that's getting right up to Christmas. 
Well, yeah, it is as well. And also for me and you being uh, NFL and football, you know, American football watchers, Mm -hmm. Sunday night is not ideal for us because that's football night. (laughs) So don't make me choose between Doctor Who and football, BBC, please. I mean, obviously Doctor Who's going to win, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to be trying to check the score out the corner of my eye. (laughs) You know, it's... You know, for me personally, this is not a good deal because, Mm. you know, um, I've got competing interests on that night. But um, uh, they're going to have to start it like the week one October. And then Mm. if it's 10 weeks, they will be finished mid-December, have a fortnight off and then have the Christmas episode. Uh, Is it confirmed they're doing a Christmas episode? I don't know, but I'm just Ah. I'm just spitballing. (laughs) I'm I'm just spitballing, you know, if that's how they're going to do it. I would have thought if they were doing a Christmas episode, they they would have like said something by now, wouldn't you think? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, with this new regime, we don't know yeah, what... Yeah, they even bothering? I mean, obviously, they... Well, I mean, not that they're bothering, but what they choose to make public or not. Mm. So, I mean, I, I would... You know, I'm not saying... Because, obviously, with Moffat, you sort of knew what to expect a little bit from yeah. when things would be announced. With this being a new setup, we don't mm. know if they're like, OK, well, let's do this, and then we'll look at Christmas in, you know, in a while, or... You know, he won't announce Christmas yet because, I mean, for all we know, Christmas has got a complete another change of cast or something. So they don't want to say, right, we're doing Christmas and this, this and this are in it, but we mm-hmm. haven't seen the series yet. And then people are like, well, hang on a minute, what happens to this character? Yeah. So um, it might just be there's a it's secrecy as well as maybe they're not doing it. But I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I would have feel like Chris Chibnall would, would push to do a Christmas episode because, mm-hmm. um, you know... The, you know, like the hoo ha they had on getting a Christmas episode out at all this year just gone. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would be surprised if, if Chibbers, you know, unless he was really pushed into a corner by the BBC, mm. said, you know, actually, fuck off the Christmas episode, we won't do it. Um, <laughs> unless, unless they're going to, like, start series 11, it's like mid October, and then maybe and the, then, the finale would be the Christmas episode. Christmas episode, that's which the other way be, to do it, yeah. Yeah, which would be a bit weird, but. Hey, It'd be not? weird, but I mean, our, pers- our, consi- our persistent complaints about the Christmas episode not really being able to decide whether it's a proper episode or a bit of Christmas frippery yeah. would be sold. Because if it's the finale, it's got to be proper, isn't it? So mm-hmm. True. True. Okay, so next up, uh, Murray Gold is no longer composing for Doctor Who. I am sad face. Mm-hmm. Um, At the same time, though, I don't, yeah, I don't I mean, blame him because it's quite what 13 years almost since the yeah. series came back so i mean you probably even working it before that so you know that's a hell of a stretch to be doing to be the sole composer for this it's a series lot of work. yeah I mean, it's a lot of work. Produce, I mean i mean i mean obviously they don't score the entire episode i mean they have to produce something like 20 minutes of music for like a 40 40 minute episode or something like that 13 minutes of music or something that's, like that yeah, but i mean varies. Yeah, it varies depending on the episode, but I mean, it's a hell of a lot of work to mm-hmm. start from nothing and compose out of it whole cloth, uh, you know, a score that's going to work for an episode and then mm-hmm. do it, uh, you know, now do it another 10 times for the rest of the episodes. I mean, it's a hell of a lot of work. And I'm sure, like you say, it's he's been at it a long time. I'm sure he just wants to go on to pastures new and do something a bit different because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that obviously he's had a lot of freedom to do to to make these compositions as he wants yeah but i'm sure there is still a brief and you know he likes to do some other things so you know mm-hmm. fair play to him i mean i will I, um it's although we've had so many changes of doctor and showrunner murray's been consi- the consistent one thing throughout the whole mm-hmm. series so yeah i think it will be weird to ha- not have him do you know what yeah. i mean yeah yeah i know what you mean um because i mean even like 
um, back during the classic series, you always had like very. I mean, obviously, like, Dudley Simpson was like the main guy, but you know, every so often you'd have a show where somebody else couldn't uh, sort out the music. So it's like it's not like it was this one guy doing it over and over and over again. Um, so, but you know what? I I tip my hat to him. You know, thank you for your service. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know who they've got in mind to replace him. <laughs> no, no idea. Um, someone probably, you know, to, to use a Simpsons joke, is non-union Mexican equivalent. Someone who's probably <laughs> cheaper and analogous to Murray's style. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I'm only guessing. I don't know what yeah. Chibnall wants to do with the direction of the music. I mean, again, it's something that he has to decide, and we're not going to know until um, until we see it. So, yeah. I wonder if the radiophonic workshop is just like bouncing. They just come on, come on. Yeah, they're all looking at the phone like ring, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Refresh um, the emails again. Yeah. I didn't. Do you know what? I didn't realize that Ben Foster hadn't been conducting since I was at Husbands of River Song. Blind me, really? Something I didn't like, know I, that. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd actually sort of like parted ways with the production crew like quite a while ago, actually. Because obviously, do you know what? I mean, ever since hmm. Confidential went away and mm-hmm. everything's sort of gone onto YouTube and all that sort of thing, I've kind of fallen out a bit of touch with you know, behind like, the not behind the scenes people. Yeah. 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 Um, you sort you just sort of assume a lot of the same faces are around, but obviously mm-hmm. if they've moved on, they wouldn't say so anymore because who cares? Because there's no, <laughs> uh, you know, um, behind the scenes documentary stuff going on really mm. now. So um, yeah, it's a bit sad really because you sort of when you used to watch Doctor Who Confidential, you see all these sort of same faces, and you know it was uh, quite fun. But uh, yeah, um, mm. yeah, you just sort of lost sort of lost track a bit. Yeah, it's true. It's, it, I always like, always looked forward to like confidential. Oh, I love confidential. I miss it terribly. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, see, that's the thing. I, I was going to say maybe they'll bring it back for series eleven, but if they haven't done it in years, why start now? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's again that obviously I don't, oh, we don't know how I mean, much clout be... Chibnall has got. Well, that's and... true. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, they, from what we know, that they've you know they've been to South Africa this year and things like that to to film. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even if they did a little travelogue of that for the DVD, that'd be nice. But um, yeah, I, I do miss Confidential because yeah, it, get, find out these little uh, sort of behind the scenes stuff and seeing like, especially in the time when it was David Tennant and like. Um, and Catherine Tate and things like that, and they'd all just be messing around and yeah. <laughs> all that sort of thing. I mean, it was fun to watch. So yeah, I mm-hmm. do miss that. Yeah. Alan Cumming reveals role as King James One in series eleven. Okie dokie. <laughs> um he broke news on podcast Homo Sapiens start stating, I'm about to go and do an episode of Doctor Who, I'm so excited. Um the film and TV star also confirmed his role will be that of a nice baddie, or more specifically Scottish monarch James the First. He added, I'm James the First, I'm kind of like, you know, a dandy foppy coward who kinda of comes alright in the end. And they said he might come back. Right, so is this? I presume it'd be James the First of England, not of Scotland. Well, so James yeah. Six. It, it, so yeah, um, yeah. So maybe we're doing a gun. They're doing a gunpowder plot one then. Oh, well, well because why else? I, I don't know why else you would have him in mm, it. Otherwise, that's true. So the thing is, well, that was his, that was his main thing. We want Well, that and totally having not a boyfriend, honest gov, and. Mm. Um, <laughs> Apparently, lots of things, weird things about James I um, because he was of um, some questionable background. 
there were things like he his bit of congenital problems like his tongue was too big for his mouth and so he used to dribble everywhere yeah. and um and he had some sort of weird skin condition and he could only like clean the very tips of his fingers because mm-hmm. it was too painful so, i mean it depends on how weird they want to be because mm. he was quite weird but it was quite weird i mean also i was like oh alan cumming what has mm. he been in since x-men um Because I can't think of anything. Um, oh, didn't they do? Didn't they do like a sequel to The Mask? Did they? Uh, yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes, I think you're right. Actually. Yeah. Alan, I bet he's been in a load of plays or something. Oh, probably. Um, film. Oh, filmography. Oh, here we go. Right. Isaac. So. Ooh, it's been quite a. No, yeah, he's in the Smurfs. Oh God! <laughs> um, wow, that's pretty, pretty, a lot of people in the Smurfs. Um, on television, I mean, it's it's been he's you know been pretty had some consistent work. Oh, okay. He, he did do um, theatre twenty fifteen in Lazarus as the killer. Oh, oh right, okay. Oh, it's cameo Spoilers. in film films video insert. So okay. Oh, okay. But yeah, you know, he's right. he's been quite. Oh, he's he's, he's mostly done the Good Wife. Oh right, okay, that's what he's been yeah. doing. I see. Uh, yeah, that's probably that's probably it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, good. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm always for high quality name actors to be in Doctor Who. So yeah, great. Yeah. Why not? I think the only problem is if we get to that episode, I'm going to be so disappointed if he just goes, "I'm invincible." <laughs> if he does the thing with the pen i'll like be yay yeah. but, um, <laughs> i wish i could do that i can do it a little bit not as fast oh, as that no but... no i i can like um twirl it around the things but it's looping it back yeah it's, it's looping it back and i can't do the the thing where you keep pressing the the cap all the time mm. uh for for people who are confused about what we're talking about please <laughs> see the james bond film goldeneye um it's a good movie it's a good movie i think the best bond film actually fight me mm. It's definitely the best of Pierce Brosnan's ones. Oh, by far, mm. considering the other ones. God, by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not shaking, not stirred. No, that's true. Okay, back to the rumour mill. Series 11 features educational episodes in US and India. Now. Explain. Right. New Doctor Who boss, Chris Chibnall. Again, this is from uh, The Mirror. Uh, three of Series 11 episodes will be set in the past. And Chris Chibnall is keen to bring the show back to its 1960s roots when Sidney Newman intended it to be an educational series for children. Now, here's the thing. Okay, so um, it says... uh, He is embarked on a mission for the Doctor's new friends Ryan and Yasmin to be transported back in time to witness historical events that are particularly relevant to their own ethnic backgrounds. Right. Um, Now... The US one is where they've been filming in Cape Town, South Africa. Right. In the plot, the Time Lord comes face to face with American civil rights activist Rosa Parks. Okay. Uh, who, in 1955, famously refused to give up a seat on a bus for a white passenger sparking at the beginning of the end for segregation. 
thanks to the TARDIS, the time travellers will witness Alabama bus driver James F. Blake telling Rosie to give up her seat and her brave refusal. Now, this has got me slight, going slightly... Because uh, one sort of, like, wonders... Like, are the Doctor and her companions just going to be on the sidelines? Yeah, so basically, are they watching... I mean, because then you you wander into sort of difficult territory because this yes. is recent history. Yeah. So it's either that she and the companions are watching this, like you say, by the sidelines and not interacting. And then you go, well, why are they there? Or you, you don't want it to be the doctor saying, hey, Rosa, tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Because that is really disrespectful to the struggle mm-hmm. that they went through and Rosa Parks' bravery and all the other stuff. Yeah. So, and... I sort of hesitate that a bunch of white people from the BBC go, hello, we're here to solve all your problems. Yes. You know, it's so, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm a bit like, oh God, asshole puckering, preparing for cringe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was doing that, just reading that. Yeah. It's just like, this is going to be such a mind, unless they do it absolutely right. And you've got it. I mean, <sighs> go and watch, go watch the Deep Space Nine two part of past tense and then do that. Yeah. It doesn't even. It doesn't have to like necessarily be about Rosa Parks. It could just be a general story about segregation and why it was a shit thing to do. Um, I mean, obviously, but they're in South Africa, so why are they doing a a story about segregation in America set when they're filming it in South Africa? Or will they get tossed out the country for talking about apartheid? I don't. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, don't get it. I don't get it. No, and you know it's 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 so. I mean, obviously, the, the, we're looking at like more like a pure historical. So obviously, you can't have any say like, alien intervention. You can't say like Rosa, like James F. Blake was an alien in human form just to be a bit of a dick or something. You know what I mean? Because even that's yeah. sort of like well, that's not like quite right, really. So it's it's got to be. Well, it's, like, it's got to be like more like we're seeing these events through the Doctor and her companions' eyes. Yeah. It's like, or they the, can't something's, like... something's got to bring them to that place that's mm-hmm. nothing to do with it, if you see what I mean. It's yeah. got to be happening kind of while everything else is, while they're solving another problem, if you see what I mean. They can't be the instigators, the solution to any of these problems because mm. it's not their, it's not their struggle. No. It's nothing to, you know, it's nothing to... British people, white people, it's nothing to do with anything with them, if you see what mm. I mean. I just yeah. feel like and, if you're and, going to do American history, you've got like, you've got a ton of Civil War stuff you could be doing. You know, yeah. it's not, I mean, if you want to talk about race, it's obviously the Civil War, you've got everything with slavery and things mm-hmm. like that. So if you mm-hmm. want to talk about that, I just feel like it's less much it's, it's, it's less it's, divisively you know, and yeah. it's much and it's an easier way to get the Doctor and the Companions involved in the action. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, um, obviously you've, you've got like a black companion, so yeah, it, it's very easily. And of course, the Doctor is, although she is now a woman, she's still noticeably British in the way she speaks. So you know that could like land in land them in a bit of a minefield, depending on who they end up bumping into during the Civil War. It's just. Having Rosa, I mean, yes, it, it's a good. It could be a great story to tell and very inspiring. But it, I, like all the previous 
um, pure historicals have involved the TARDIS crew getting caught up in events in one shit way, shape or form. Yeah. You know, like things like the, the Reign of Terror and things like that. You know, they've yeah. got to be involved in the action. And like you say, this is not their struggle. This is not their battle to win. You can't have the Doctor, uh, you know, go up to Rosa Parks and say, hey, you shouldn't be putting up with this. You know, it's, yeah, tell it's them to piss off. Right. It's nothing to do with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, I, I just sort of hesitate. I mean, as well, because the, the Doctor, yes, yeah, she's female, but she's also white. And I just yes. feel like it's sort of like... I just feel quite uncomfortable with it. I just mm-hmm. like I say it was in the fifties. I mean, and so that's within the lifetimes of quite a lot of people who are going to be watching this show. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it, it's just kind of too raw still. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's what's nice about historicals is that they're far enough away mm-hmm. that you can do an episode and then you can have social commentary, mm-hmm. but you can like, have it as an allegory, you know, rather. So you can have like, uh, you can sort of have things that happen. So if you want to have it that it's educational or it creates a point of discussion like between you and kids, mm-hmm. then you can do that. Um, you know, they've done that a little bit with, say, when they did Family of Blood and the things that are said to Martha. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in the Thin Ice with the stuff that's happened that they say to Bill and things like this. So mm-hmm. um, you can you can have episodes that have point of discussion and challenge the prevailing attitude at that time and the doctor can challenge it but it's not like something as recently historical and as nothing to do with us as rosa parks is um acts so yeah mm-hmm. i'm just a little bit like tread carefully if you're really going to do that because um i mean again once say pinch of salt this is the mirror mm-hmm. we don't know um yeah, I just don't understand why they would go to South Africa to film an episode about race when, A, Alabama looks like Alabama and you, I'm sure you can film in it. And, <laughs> um, B, it just seems weird to go to South Africa and do something about race and it not be about apartheid. Why are you mm-hmm. in South Africa then? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, I don't know. Maybe it was cheaper, I don't know. Um, but also, the production is heading off to India, where the gang will find out more about the country's past and perhaps Yasmin's own family heritage. See, that's fine, because there's a lot of, like, history, but you can even do, like, like the British occupation of India and things like that. And that's more of a yep. broad stroke um, historical event where things can, where the TARDIS crew can get more directly involved. See? Yeah. That's fine. That's the sort of thing, if you're going to do an, ed- an educational historical show... That's the sort of thing you can be doing where you can just like go, oh, this is during the such and such period when all this was going on. You know, they don't have to be like in like the crosshairs of history. It can just be like on this one little side story where these like, yeah. people in strange clothes show up and then all of a sudden they disappeared. Yeah, I think that obviously with India as well, I think there's still quite there. If you're talking, so I wouldn't do something about like the partition of India and Pakistan. Mm. That is still obviously that is still a big issue. Yeah. Um, I, I think say so you have to kind of go. You'd have to like say the, the it has to be the, the Raj. It would have to be mm-hmm. the colonial when Britain Britain was a colonial power in, in yeah. India, and sort of in in when Queen Victoria was alive. So mm-hmm. right sort of at that time, yeah. because again you can you can talk about all of the issues that that caused um and again but it's far enough removed that you can you're not directly sort of talking about the experience of people who are still with us if you see Mm -hmm. what i mean i just feel like with i'm not saying the doctor who shouldn't do those things or challenge prevailing but i feel like you kind of have to be 
careful and especially again as, as white british people going hello we're here to sort out your country um <laughs> you I just, a flag yes oh dear your flag <laughs> take it down and put up ours you know it's um it you know it's a bit like ooh, sketchy mm-hmm. um speaking of sketchy uh eccleston details his damaging doctor who departure Oh, goodness me. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. This lad's going down in my estimation. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Right, I, I, just want I, to bring... I honestly, I, I kind of wish people would stop asking now because you're never going to never gonna find out the entire truth. As no, well, me... I mean, hmm. I just want to read what he said because the, there was a into the Radio Times because yeah. after a long time away from the BBC, he's just done a series for mm-hmm. the BBC, yeah. right? So yeah. the Radio Times interviewed him and... Um, he said, <clears throat> speaking in the latest issue of the Radio Times, the Ninth Doctor actor perhaps alluded to his recent claims that he was blacklisted by the BBC following his Doctor Who exit, revealed why he's been more open on the subject lately. When I left, I gave my word to then showrunner Russell T. Davis I wouldn't do anything to damage the show, but they did things to damage me. I didn't criticise anybody. Eccleston, who was talking to the publication ahead of his upcoming role in the new BBC One drama Come, Come Home, elaborated on the on-the-set tensions he felt whilst filming the first series of Doctor Who's 2005 revival. My relationship with my three immediate superiors, the showrunner, the producer and the co-producer, broke down irreparably during the first block of filming and it never recovered. They lost trust in me and I lost faith and trust and belief in them. As well as his rift with those higher up, Eccleston noted that some of the difficulties he experienced during his time on the show may also have been due to his unease at playing a character removed from those he had played in the past. Some of my anger about the situation came from my own insecurity. They employed somebody as the Doctor who was not a natural-like comedian. Billy Piper, who we know was and is brilliant, was very, very nervous and very, very inexperienced. So you had that and then you had me. Very, very experienced and probably the most experienced on it, but out of my comfort zone. Eccleston, who was pro- who prior to Doctor Who had also starred in Russell T. Davies' television drama The Second Coming, stated he will never will have a working relationship with the writer again. When asked if he thought Davies was aware of the issues, Eccleston answered, if you're the showrunner, you know everything, that's your job. So, yeah. Just for God's sake. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you. People just, I mean, it's never going to stop because when you when you say things like that, that mm-hmm. only generates more questions. For me, that, and anything he said there answers nothing. No. Because, well, I mean, it just opens up more questions because, so what happened in the filming, the first filming block that meant that your relationship with everyone broke down immediately. I mean, because the first filming block is like, you know, like the first four episodes or something yeah. that they filmed. Obviously, they don't film them in order, mm. but... Um, I, I heard, actually, Mike, do you, do you want to actually quickly look, look up what was the first filming block so we I can try do. and... Yeah, yeah I, just out of curiosity. I seem to remember it was something to do... Maybe it's with the director? Uh, yeah, I feel like... What, Eros Lynn? No, no, um... Ba, 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 ba. Keith Buck. Okay. So it would be Rose, Aliens in London, and World War Three. Right, so it's somewhere in the space of filming three episodes, things got so bad yeah. that they couldn't recover. Well, Eccleston feel like he couldn't recover from it. And when you read things like that, it just sort of... I've always maintained that when you go back and watch Series 1, mm-hmm. you... I mean, although a lot of people really like the Ninth Doctor and I don't want to take away from what he did and Mm. without him, I mean, obviously without that performance and without it being a competent performance, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about a new, you know, Series 11. But I feel like when you go back now and watch Series 1 
and you look at Eccleston, you see someone who doesn't want to be there. Mm. And if what he says is true and that everything broke down between him and Judy Gardner and Russell T from essentially minute one mm-hmm. and and lasted up until he left and is still to the point that he won't work with Russell T Davis ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just, I mean, if you were, if were pissed off with a director, mm-hmm. he's not going to be the director forever. So I just don't really, I mean, was it the fact that they were like, he was sort of giving a performance and they kept criticizing him or something like that? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, to, to be honest, Eccleston always does see himself as a proper, like, actor. Actor. Yeah. So whenever you've, like, I mean, he, I don't know whether he has a bit of a problem doing not, like, proper drama. Drama. Yeah, so, like, like capital think, D drama. Yeah, capital D drama. Because obviously he's been in, like, Full of Dark World and um, there's some, oh, it's G.I. Joe. 60 seconds. And G.I. Joe. Well, yeah, he, so said he, loved, to... he said he loved working on God in 60 Seconds, but it was things like Thor and G.I. Joe where he was he, he really did sort of complain about what he was doing. But it's like, dude, you don't Why did have... you take the job? Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at Thor Dark World, mm-hmm. when you got the script, it says you are basically like a dark elf and you've got to wear all this makeup and you're not speaking English for quite a lot of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, you're speaking a makeup language. That was in the script. Yeah, that was from minute one. So you can't take the job and then complain about it. I mean, if mm. it was desperate, like, you know, I'm going to be my, you know, people, the bailiffs are coming for a mortgage payment. I've got to take a job yeah. then. But I can't believe that's his problem that or, you know, he, that he feels well, like he's got to just do a Hollywood film to get to keep his name in there or something. Well, I mean, even if that if that was the case, if he was needing the cash, just say, well, I needed the money. And, you know, it's a Marvel movie. Of course, I'm going to get paid for it. Well, I mean, look just at like, look at Michael Caine. There's exactly. a reason why he, you know, with Jaws three, he said the film was terrible, but I love the conservatory it bought me. Yeah, and, exactly. And everyone just go, yeah, I respect you for that. We've all mm-hmm. done jobs we don't want to do because we need money. This exactly. is the way of the world. But I just, I just sort of get into the point with him as a fan where I'm just like, like you, I'm just like, just stop talking at this mm-hmm. point um, because none of this makes you look good. It no. just makes you seem vindictive and petty. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were really like, do you know what, Doctor Who was was ten was well, no, more than that, was thirteen years ago for me now mm-hmm. and um that's it for me. And it's not that I won't answer questions, but uh, it's you know, I don't really want to talk about it, I'd rather much talk about this project or that project. A lot of actors exactly. do that. Yeah. Um and people will just go, Okay, that's fine or just um you know, but I just feel like it's it's not just Doctor Who he's done this to, like we say. It's all mm-hmm. these other projects that, you know, I feel like he's either doing for money or to keep his name in there. And he feels like it's below him. And then he complains about it because yeah. he'd much rather be doing some, you know, off, off, off Broadway play that 10 people go and see, which is terribly worthy and terribly, um, you know, terribly serious and important work, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, he's just sort of getting to the point with him where I just like, you know what, Guy, if you want to, you're complaining too much. Yeah. If you want it to, to the point that if you, if you don't want nothing to do with Dr. Who, then fine. Don't have anything to do with Dr. Who, but you keep putting yourself, getting involved with it, well, I think which is the other is thing. People keep asking him as well. I think it's a bit, it should be a really bit of both. He should maybe just go, yeah, that was you now 13 years ago. I've said all I really want to say about it without like going too far, far into it. 
and people should just go all right fair enough because we're never going to get like the true guts and all behind the scenes story of a series one it's never going to happen because they yeah, don't I, mean... I don't think that's the sort of story they want to put out they want to put out that you know it was a bit rough but hey you know we made it it was popular you know and it's still going 13 years later yeah, that's, that's, I mean that's all you can say. I mean, yeah. well, I feel like that's a more magnanimous approach. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, the problem is, is we don't really know much more the other side because everyone else is not talking about this. No, that's the thing. Anderson. He's the only one who's saying what, who's saying this. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like RTD is quite entitled to come out and say to the Radio Times, "Look, this is what this fucker was doing on the set. Mm-hmm. This is what we were dealing with." You know. So I just feel like there's a whole other sides of these. I mean, I'm intrigued to know what Billy Piper thinks and all this Mm. sort of thing, but they're all kind of too professional and also still involved with Doctor Who to a certain extent Mm. that they won't either won't or can't talk about it. And yeah, um, I don't think I've, I mean, I don't view Chris Ruggleson as brave for speaking out. I just feel like at this point he's, it's getting to the thing of like, oh, I'm such a tortured actor and they made me do all this stupid crap. Mm. And like, that's sort of what it's feeling like. No, that's the thing. Nobody has to do anything they don't want to. They do it because no. they either want to or they have to. But, you know, no, no, I can't. Like, who put a gun to his head and say, you're yeah. going to do G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra? You know, yeah. what who the put a gun to his fuck head? were you expecting? Or who put G. a gun G. to his head? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... You saw the first one, surely. Yeah. I mean, um, that was I mean, bad I can, enough. <laughs> I mean, I, I can, I can see, sort of understand this reason, reckoning behind Thor: The Dark World because that wasn't a particularly good Marvel movie. But you know, it, it's a Marvel movie. You know, this Thor: The Dark World was what two thousand eleven, something like that. Yeah. So you know, you're already into phase two of what was a phenomenally successful thing. I mean, you know, lest, lest we forget, Iron Man turns ten years old this year. I'll be and quiet, you. It, well, it does. It's it's true. <laughs> and, but, you know, if that wasn't the runaway success that it was, we wouldn't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We wouldn't have Avengers Infinity War coming out next month. You know, so if somebody comes to comes up to you and says, hey, do you want to be a Marvel movie? What do you say? Fuck of yeah, course. you do. Of course you would be. I mean, Especially if you get to be the bad guy. Yeah, and you get to be the baddie and the cool baddie as well, not the shit backup baddie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I get tired of of him sort of taking these jobs and then complaining about these jobs when no mm. one made him take that job. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean like I say, you uh, it was in phase two of Marvel. You knew what you were getting into. You got the script that mm-hmm. was not in English for most of your part. You got the note that says you're going to be under three inches of latex, and then you said, "Okay, give me the contract." Sign, 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 sign. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. all the money. Oh, oh, by this... the way, it was a big pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ on a bike. But, I mean, this is the thing that really grates my cheese is the other thing that's come up about him. That he's that... doing Comic-Con. Right. For 95 quid a go. Jesus. So, someone who is in that... who Having said all that about Doctor Who, mm-hmm. will happily go to Comic-Con and take fans' money. I mean, I know... I know that he's not going to see all of that money. That uh, mm. you know, a proportion of that goes to to you know the MCM or whoever runs these events. But he is getting a cut. Yeah. And it will be a handsome cut because mm. I'm sure he negotiated that for his first ever Comic Con appearance. Mm-hmm. So, do you really want to pay the thick end of a hundred quid to go and stand next to that miserable cunt for an hour <laughs> for 
for two minutes and then for them to not answer any questions. I mean, what do you think is going to happen in the panel that he's going to have to do? Well, what's he doing anyway? Photo shoot. So basically autograph and photo shoot. Oh, right. So he's not actually... You know, I think he's doing a panel, I, th- oh, I think. Right, okay. Hang on, let me just double check. So I was, I mean, I was like, wow, he's actually doing it. Mm-hmm. But then I saw how much... I mean, because someone said, you know, so Mr. T is 40 quid. Is he worth two Mr. T's? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, um, yeah, hang on a second. Yes, yeah, so, so Beyond the Sunday, autograph and photo opportunities. Um, yeah. Um, so he said, basically, he was on the telly a while ago and said that he hadn't walled them out completely. But he see a bit, he's, I know there's a lot of money there. I've always wanted to just earn my living by acting, but it's, um, that's not a judgment on people who do them. That's just the way I am. But now I think, obviously, uh, being presented with the amount of money that he, he would make. Um, <laughs> uh, let me just, I'm on the website now. Let me just double check. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, he's doing Sunday only. Uh, London Film and Comic Con is usually every three days, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I've been a few times. Um, so yeah, ninety-five quid for an autograph, right. eighty-five quid for a photo shoot, huh. ninety-five quid again if you want the photo shoot outside the TARDIS. Um, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so at, at, at London Film and Comic Con, what they do is, um, so it's basically like a bit like well, at other conventions. So you have like the big sort of floor with all the merch and, and stuff like that and cosplay areas and things like that. And then the autographs are like all sort of boothed off. Yeah. And then you buy a ticket to go and get an autograph. So technically where i've been before and you know i've been a few times generally if you want i mean not just doctor who autographs but generally they start about 15 quid mm-hmm. if you want sort of i mean and when i say 15, 10 or 15 quid that's for like third stormtrooper on the left in return of the jedi <laughs> um and you know generally you can walk up so then what they do then for the sort of the next tier up of people mm-hmm. the sort of the 50s your 40 quid sort of people you know so like top tier star trek people mm-hmm doctors uh film stars so yeah i mean because they've had like shatner there and they've had sylvester stallone one time and Mm. things like that Mm. um you know you have to buy you sort of buy a virtual sort of virtual queue ticket so like you know you get a number and then when they call your number you can go and stand in the queue and then get an autograph Mm -hmm. but what they're saying with eccleston is it costs you can buy a ticket for the sort of the virtual queue for 95 quid Mm -hmm. but they're not guaranteeing it even they're, only, they're saying the only way to guarantee an autograph and a photo shoot with Eccles is to buy the Diamond Pass right. for the whole weekend of the convention, which will be £235 to you, sir. Um, Jesus. So, yeah. Um, so, the fact that they're saying they're not even guaranteeing it, that could very potentially mean that Eccleston might just go, actually, do you know what? I'm not coming. Is that what that pencil. means? He could well, he could cancel, but I mean, I think that what it means is that if you bought a virtual queue ticket on the day, uh-huh. if, I mean, because London Film and Comic Con, 10,000 people will turn up. Right, okay. That's, so, yeah. you know, if, if 5,000 people bought a 95, you know, the the Chris Eccleston ticket, mm-hmm. they're not guaranteeing that you would, like, if you turn up right. and then bought it on the day, they couldn't say, okay, you're definitely going to be able to get an autograph today. 
Yeah. If okay. you just did it on the day. They're right, not saying right, right. that you pay and then they tell you to fuck off. It's more that if you turned up on the day and then said, oh, well, I might get an Eccleston ticket, they might go, actually, he's already got a signed 2,000 autographs, no good for you. Mm. So the only way they're saying that you can guarantee an autograph from Eccleston is if you buy the top tier whole weekend pass and then hope he doesn't cancel between now and Jan- in July when... Uh, because, I mean, like I say, I've been to quite a lot of these conventions and sometimes they will announce a big name mm-hmm. and then that big name will be like, oh, I've got a job, can't come. Yeah. I mean, that's understandable if they've, they've got like a prior engagement or something and it's like misscheduled or something comes up that they have to work on. That's fair enough. Yeah. But it's more when you sort of like go get the people like Eccleston who sort of like promise these things and just, ah, actually, you know what, I can't be bothered. Well, yeah, it was like, oh, you know, actually, someone's offered me six weeks at, um, you know, the old Vic. I'm, I'm going to go and do that instead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so which... like, if, if, if conceivably he did cancel, would people get the money back? As far as I know, but I think that obviously it would depend when. I mean, because mm. obviously he's just doing Sunday. So if you've bought a diamond pass and you're there Friday and then it so comes out Friday get... night that he's not coming. Yeah then you've already paid for your diamond pass, then mm-hmm. that's that's that. Well, that would, um, that, would that cover, cover all the other, like... Um, that'll cover all the guests. other ones, so you can oh, right. still go, so, and, you know, see, you can still go and see other people. So yeah. It would be a complete wash, but... Yeah, if, you, if you're going purely for Eccleston... I mean, you could still get your Megan... I mean, fucking Meatloaf and Peter Capaldi. Yeah. How much is Meatloaf? I don't know. Meatloaf's 45 quid. I'd much rather go and meet Meatloaf. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, because they've got loads and loads of people like from Battlestar and Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and, I mean, Pearl Mackey and, I mean, you yeah. could go, I mean, how much is, just for comparison, how much is Peter Capaldi? Because Peter Capaldi's going. 75 quid for Peter Capaldi. Oh, I see. You know what? I, I, I would. Yeah, and you know. and he's doing a talk, whereas Eccleston isn't, and he's doing Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... Oh, I'll tell you what, I've, I've, that the, the, that is what—that's what gets my goat. The fact yeah. that he do, he says all that about Doctor Who, and then he's like, "Do you know what? I will take all this fan's money. Yeah, and, and did, I will just he, be miserable, and I will just go, uh, uh, yeah, next, uh, sign next, you know." So yeah, and did you say that there was an option for a photo shoot to be outside the TARDIS or outside a TARDIS backdrop? The, the, oh, right, the, like the shell, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, the shell. Not like a but that's another ten quid if you want that. So. He's talking all this shit about Doctor Who, and then <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what that's what annoys me—the fact that he is chatting all this shit. But then, mm-hmm. obviously, London Film and Comic Con has said, "Look, we will give you." I mean, they've got to be offering him a, a, a substantial oh, got... sum of the, yeah, the cut of the, of the money. I mean, for it to be that, I mean, I think that that's why it's so much. They've obviously offered him a flat fee, and then they've got to make their money on top. So mm-hmm. that's why they've—that's that price. But a um, hundred pound for. For an autograph. I mean, and he's not going to talk to you. He's just no. going to go, yeah, all right, sign next, sign next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... I don't think it's going to be much of a fun experience for you or him. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's... I just think that it's it's annoying to me that he's, he will just be... He's all acts high and mighty about, you know, Doctor Who this and Doctor Who that, but he will exploit fans and yeah. take their money. And that is... That is upsetting, mm. you know. Um, I'm not saying that he shouldn't. He's not entitled to make a living. Yeah. But I mean, you say he's he's been on record before as saying, if you want to do conventions, fine. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. But then obviously someone's rung him up and said, hang on a minute, have you seen the size of the check you get? And he's gone, yeah, all right then. <laughs> um, and they probably said you'd have to talk to him. Yeah. 
you know, I can't wait until the because <laughs> every time the pictures come out, you know, people's photo shoots with these people, you know, people will mm-hmm. um, will come out, and I can't wait. It's just going to be like the bloody spare guest at a wedding, isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say you you can tell like which of the celebs like enjoy being there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be like with Barrowman where he's touching you up or you know giving you a piggyback or <laughs> any of that sort of stuff. You know, don't do that thing where people go and propose to their girlfriend and that. He's just going to be like, "What? Well, and just uh, hurry up! I've only here for another hour to get sling your hook." Mm-hmm. You know, don't do none of that because it's going to be oh, it's going to be so awkward. I can't. I mean, in a way, I sort of can't wait until really the aw- really awkward <laughs> stories come out because I don't think he's going to have encountered. I mean, I'm sure he's encountered some, but there's going to be some severe nerds in that queue mm-hmm. who. You know, and as well, I think that charging that amount of money is going to come with a certain amount of expectation from the person who spent that money. Exactly, yeah. For a certain level of interaction with that person. Mm-hmm. I and, mean, they're going to ask him about Doctor Who, aren't they? They're going, well, to ask about, they're going to ask him about Thor the Dark World, aren't they? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he hates both equally. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. either way, he's All going right. to be upset because people are going to come up and be like, can you sign my Doctor Who box set? Can you sign my Thor Dark World box set? And yeah. he's just going to be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Pro tip to anybody going to uh, MCM and planning a meeting next and talk about Gone in 60 Seconds. He loved being in that. Yeah, or you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to go with a poster of some achingly obscure like you know play he did mm. like twenty years ago for him to be any have ever loved any level of enthusiasm. Mm. I just I just don't think he's prepared for what is going to happen to him at that thing because I mean just for your first convention, I mean I thousands of people say. go on the day, and like even if one percent of those people buy tickets, he's going to be signing a thousand autographs mm-hmm. minimum. Yeah minimum yeah i mean and then he's got he's got a day to do it as well i mean and usually where i've been before unless they've changed it i mean because it's changed quite a lot when i used to to go to london comic con i was going when it was first starting it was tiny um Mm -hmm. and now they're in a huge venue and like um yeah yeah, i mean like i say thousands of people go over the weekend Mm -hmm. um and yeah i i just don't think i mean you could at least start small do a smaller convention you know I just feel like going straight to that, where you're going to have to sign thousands of autographs in, you know, you've probably got six hours generously. So you yeah. maybe 10 till four. I mean, they tend to pack up it early on a Sunday. So everyone's got to go home. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got maybe six hours, maybe with a break for lunch, to sign that amount of stuff. You're <laughs> not, he's going to have no fun whatsoever. Nope. I can't wait until they do an inevitable <laughs> interview with him. And he's just like, it was the worst, you know, I got the fucking, you know, the plague of some bloody dribby nosed child or, you know, it's going to be terrible. And, you know, he's going to be miserable and everyone's going to be upset with him and he's going to hate Doctor Who even more. It's going to, this has got nightmare material written all over it, <laughs> but I've got no sympathy for him because he's chosen to do it. So, no, and Enjoy the money, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> well, it could be worse. It could be doing SDCC. Or oh, even God. More people. Or even more money, because then obviously, you know, you get. Mm. I mean, because where I've where I've because I've worked at conventions like behind yeah. the scenes as well, and I mean, obviously, I won't say any names and stuff, mm. but sometimes, like the the guests will be like, okay, I'll come to the convention, but I want this amount of the money from the signing. Mm-hmm. I you're going to pay for me to stay in a posh hotel mm-hmm. for the whole weekend. I want first class travel there and back. I want you know taxis from the venue. Mm-hmm. I you know so they want the the full nine. The works, and, yeah. 
the works. So I mean, I'm sure they're gonna have to they're gonna have to give him the works to mm. get him to turn up anyway. But <laughs> SDCC, I mean, they would have to like you know I want a hermetically sealed room <laughs> as far away from as possible from all these fucking nerds. And yes, so I just I just can't believe that I, I just don't really understand what the the change of mind has been. I mean, unless mm. like I say, you know, someone's threatening to take his telly away and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, do you know what? I mean, let's say Comic Con is in. It's usually around my birthday, so it's usually the back end of July. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watch this space because I, I, uh, I've got, I've got a feeling that suddenly, you know, um, he's going to have a play or something, and he won't mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, actor and comedian Lee Mack has revealed he has a guest role in series eleven of Doctor Who. Uh, speaking on Radio 4 alongside Sharon D. Clark, who has already been announced to recur in the upcoming run, he said, Not only am I excited about the idea of someone someone being in Doctor Who, I'm, pos- I'm also possibly going to be in it as well. And I wasn't supposed to say anything, but because Sharon said that I thought, well, I'm going to say it then, neither should have said it. Uh, he adds, I'm a blink and you'll miss it. It's just a little thing. Um, I've been a fan all my life, so just harass them until they give me a little part in it. <laughs> Which is fair enough. It's like, can I come in? I say, yeah, sure, why not? Um... So, obviously, we don't know what he's doing, but um, Sharon D. Clark also disclosed that she'll be playing companion Graham's wife, Mary. She says, I am a human, and Bradley Walters is my husband, and he's human, and I think that's about as much as I can tell you. Um, now, that struck me as a bit odd, because... Oh, how Was it October that it was announced that Sharon D. Clark was going to be in Series 11? Something yeah. like that, wasn't it? It was alongside when they revealed the three companions. So... The fact that he that she's just Graham's wife, that's a hell of a long time to be waiting to reveal that. Do you think they'd yeah. say that straight away? Or am I just being a bit yeah, tinfoil but... hatty about it? No, I just I just feel like um I think there's just so much they, they sort of have to employ so much secrecy around Doctor Who or they feel like they do. Mm. Um I, I feel like they she probably shouldn't have said that. No. Um but um yeah, I just, um, I, I, I don't think there's any any such thing as like an, oh, it's just, I, I sort of hesitate to say, oh, it's just his wife, because mm-hmm. any any manner of things could could happen with yeah. that character. So, um, yeah, you wouldn't, I, I just don't know at this point. We just, we just lack so much information um, mm-hmm. uh, for now. So I'm just sort of like, okay, but you, we know that these people can act so good. It's not like someone shit's turning up. So at the moment, I just sort of say, okay, they're going to be in it. Yeah. Fine. Um, I mean, because more than once, I mean, especially on this show, we've gone, why the fuck are they in it? And then they've been brilliant. So yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention? No, I would say I really wanted to get the Eccleston rant in, and I feel happy <laughs> I've managed to squeeze that in. So. Are you feeling better now? Yeah, I am because it was like it was it was on my mind. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Especially when 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 the when the news came out and I was just like, "What?" It was like one of those sort of news things you have to sort of read a couple of times to make sure you understood it. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I, I sort of I sort I follow some people who do Doctor Who, but not a lot because mm. a I don't want it to sort of influence my opinion for this show, mm. um, and b um, spoilers because they be rife. Um, and there's there's sort of a level of things I don't don't want to know mm-hmm. in in terms of new series stuff for Doctor Who. So um, I don't follow a lot of Doctor Who people really on mm. Twitter. But then when you start seeing 
So when I start seeing things about, oh, Eccleston this, Eccleston that, I was a bit like, oh, okay, so this has sort of penetrated the nerd sphere, mm-hmm. sort of outside even Doctor Who circles. Um, yeah, yeah the, the price that people, you know, that they charge for fans to to do these things, I just, uh, to a point, I think that they don't appreciate sort of how much money £100 is to a lot of people who go mm-hmm. to those conventions. And yeah, um, I just feel like it's going to create, or it's already created a bit of, I don't want to say resentment, but I mean, I don't know if you remember that a few years ago there was that Sherlock convention. Right, yeah. And Cumberbatch mm-hmm. uh, was there and charged about that amount of money as well for, for him. And, you know, and Martin Freeman was there and then he was that amount of money. Um, um, yeah, I just feel like that they a, sort of just don't really understand how much, especially for, for fans, you know, they, young people who that is... You know, mm. that could be a month's wage if yeah. you work a Saturday job. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just feel like it creates a lot of expectation mm-hmm. on behalf of the punter that you're going to spend this amount of money. So you yeah. go in with a lot of feelings about how that interaction should be. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen the way that you hope it's going to happen, then mm-hmm. I think it creates a lot of a lot of upset. And yeah. I'm not saying that he should cheap out or, you know, give it away for free, but I just feel like I, when nearly everyone else at that convention, which are about as famous as you, son, let's not get mm. illusions of grandeur. Yeah, you've been in some movies. Yeah, you've been in Doctor Who. <laughs> but like I say, are you Meatloaf? You are not Meatloaf. Yeah. And Meatloaf is charging half of what you're charging mm-hmm. because he understands that, you know, I don't want to speak for Mr. Aday, but mm. um, it's... Uh, you know, I feel like there's a certain level of connection with the people who know that um, want to come and see you, and that price is about, you know, is a reasonable expectation of what you should charge. Mm. So, yeah, I just feel like this is this is sort of a creating this is creating a situation where I don't think anyone's going to be happy mm. at all. Yeah, him or the Capunters. Mm. Now I'm just thinking about Christopher Eccleston doing karaoke of "I Will Do Anything for Love." But I won't do that, which is like Doctor Who or being, you know, giving decent interviews or, you know, anything like that. Mm. Um, but I mean, I've, I've, then again, I sort of the flip side of it is you remember years and years ago, like the, how McGann was towards the series. Yeah. And now look at him. True. You know, because I, I feel like obviously he obviously his, his thing was different because the way the TV movie panned out and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And I feel when when in sort of the immediate aftermath of that. He was sort of pretty like, well, I was burned by it and I don't really want anything to do with it anymore. And, you know, he would give interviews, but not really. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he wouldn't really talk about it. But then as time went on and then when Big Finish started Mm -hmm. and he got into that and now he's on the convention circuit, he's doing all the other things. He's, you know, although he, you know, the TV movie is the TV movie. I mean, his work now, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like obviously he's come sort of full circle and now that... You know, he enjoys Doctor Who and he enjoys the work he does on it. Mm-hmm. You know, he enjoys Big Finish and he does the conventions and he's very professional at the conventions. I mean, because I've worked somewhere, he's he's been there. You know, he's extremely professional, extremely friendly mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll talk in the panels and all that sort of thing. So I feel like he, he managed to sort of reconcile his relationship with Doctor Who. Mm. So I'm not saying, I mean, but obviously they're very different people, it seems. I mean, like I say, I yeah. don't know them, so I can't say, but they're very different people, I think. But... I mean, it it didn't take, you know, it's been, like I say, again, it's been 13 years. I just sort of can't work out 
how it's got to that level, that poor yeah. relationship. Do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. even after all this time, he wouldn't consider doing Big Finish or he wouldn't consider, you know, book or audio book yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing with McGann. It wasn't all that long between the TV movie and Big Finish starting, was it? No, not really. I mean, it but I think it, was, it wasn't 13 years. No, it wasn't 13 years, but it was some years that mm-hmm. he sort of... You know, it's sort of a new a new sort of thing we're trying and, you know, you can just come in and do some lines and we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. And, you know, things improve from there. But, you know, Doctor Who has already got all this, had like, all this set up. So if he didn't want to, you know, I just feel like after 13 years, I can't believe it's sort of still so raw that he wouldn't consider yeah. anything to do with. Because I'm sure Big Finish have rung him up. Oh, I'm sure the BBC Audio have rung him up and said, do you want to do an audio book? And, mm-hmm. you know, or... You know, would you do? Would you like to write something for us? Would you like to? I mean, do something like even, you know, since there's new series of target novelizations. Would you like to write a target novelization? Mm-hmm. Would you like to, you'd like to do this or do that? I'm sure he's had a million offers from them, but, you know. Mm. Oh yeah, that was the other thing I noticed um, on the Simply Syndicated Slack that um, I think it was Rick put up a, an article about Stephen Moffat's novelization of Day of the Doctor. Oh right, how, okay, yeah, and, and how it. Um, fold the Peter Cushing movies into the canon. Right. Um, so I think it's basically, I think it, I haven't read the book yet. I do actually want no, to pick it up. It yet, yeah, yeah um, I want to get, the, we want to get the set. I mean, again, because hmm. we've got sort of quite a lot of the, well, nearly a full set of the old one, of the yeah. original Target novel, so. Yeah, I, I think it's it's sort of like, it's one of those sort of 11th Doctor sort of name drop sort of situations like he often did. Right. Like, like he was always palling around with Peter Cushing and um, then I think it was, uh, it's like, we, we only started noticing after he uh, popped up in movies after his own death. <laughs> it's like a reference in Rogue One. <laughs> and it's like people, they made this like thing, but it's like, you know, target novelizations always embellish, you know, mm. and I've got, I've got the Remembrance of the Daleks ones and there's stuff in there that was never in, I probably didn't have even considered for the actual like television show itself. So it's it's just like I like a lot of people's like going like whoa what's, what's all this and it's just like it's just you know it's Stephen Moffat sort of like fleshing out the story a bit, and it's just a bit harmless, you know it's just a giggle really isn't it? Mm. Um, but anyway, that was that. Um, so Emma, you've got a thing coming up, haven't you? I have got a thing coming up. Uh, so as we record, it will be it's just over a week away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing another twenty four hour charity gaming stream so i will be on twitch for 24 solid freaking hours i'm raising money in aid of cancer research this mm-hmm. year um so yeah it's going to be on the so i will start at 6 p.m british time so bst that is now um 6 p.m on the 21st of april which is mm-hmm. saturday so and then i will go for 24 hours until sunday at 6 p.m so what i do is i play a range of different games i'm going to play scary games action games shooty games all sorts of different things um it's going to have face cam or you can talk to me on twitch um so if you are a person who would like to donate, uh, that would be very kind of you. I've got a Just Giving link at the top, pinned to the top of my Twitter account. So that's at Dalek Elf, D-A-L-E-K-E-L-F. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is my Twitch name also. Um, you say you can find links to all of that on my Twitter page. If you're, you know, if you'd like to help but you can't donate quite this time, that's perfectly cool. I just ask you that if you would like to just share it about, share it with friends, family, Facebook, 
groups you're on which would be cool with it everywhere um so more eyeballs on it and then um obviously on the day more people who want to come and join me on twitch and come and hang out um especially in the wee small hours americans <laughs> australians um <laughs> you know four o'clock in the morning uh, that would be nice if there was some people around to have a chat with uh, so yeah um come and hang out with me and um yeah especially i'm gonna do something i had, didn't do last year so i'm gonna do a midnight spooktacular so um i'm gonna play an extremely scary game from midnight uh, called layers of fear uh -huh. which is going to be it's one of my more poor decisions i think so um if you'd like to see me jump out of my chair and swear a lot uh you know join, join me from midnight so it should be a laugh at least or you could just listen to the podcast or you just listen to the podcast so um yeah so, uh, so we're not recording next week then eh? Um, well, I mean, we can before. <laughs> I mean, we can that we can do be it before fun. the show. But that would be fun what? just to do a podcast after you've done a twenty-four hour stream. Just sound <laughs> sound how utterly punch drunk. You, well, you I mean, do you know what? After I did the last one, um, it was weird because when I did it last year, mm -hmm. um, I did it about the same times, um, but I did it, I did it Friday night to Saturday night. Yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, and. I was actually, I, I was sort of so wired and I was sort of so buzzing from like doing it. And like I said, I had loads of support and I, you know, I was really happy and I'd, I'd raised money and yeah, and I was really cool. And then like, so I, I ate, you know, I had a shower, I ate some dinner and I ended up staying up to about midnight. So I was actually up for about 30, I mean, and, and, and I'd been awake all day before. So I think, you know, I'd had like an, a nap for an hour. So I'd been, I think, awake for about 36 hours, I think, by the time I went to sleep. Um, so I, you know, in theory, I could do some work afterwards. <laughs> um because i was you know i was sort of i'd gone past the point of sleepy i was then sort of into my second wind um mm -hmm. i didn't actually get when i did it last time i didn't really get tired the worst part of it was all night was fine mm -hmm. um so uh, the early hours of the morning were okay because mm -hmm. you know, chuck had woken up and he brought me food and tea and all this sort of thing so that was fine mm -hmm. and i was playing this pr a pretty straightforward game because you were watching me actually is when i was playing um her Majesty spiffing, spiffing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and but the worst part was about eleven o'clock, eleven a.m. Mm -hmm. on the second day. Yeah, um, that was the rough part because I'd say I was playing a game where I had to concentrate, and my brain was just like, "No, I don't want to do it anymore." <laughs> and then uh, there was a point where my phone ran out of battery. So I was like, "Okay, I need to go and get my charger." So I went into our bedroom. Mm -hmm. I walked past our bed, and I was like, "I could just go to bed now." <laughs> I was like, "No, no, 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 I must continue." And yeah, I was going to say about sort of eleven to about one p.m. Mm -hmm. where I still had when I one. PM and I still had five hours to go and I was like I am flaking mm -hmm. but it was sort of like no must continue must must finish um but yeah once I sort of got past the 1 p.m stage it was okay but yeah that that sort of three hours um mm. in in the mid morning of the second day is was kind of the roughest for me but um yeah compared to I mean but on a serious note compared to what people who benefit from this research go through fuck me right it's nothing <laughs> compared to what yeah. That, no, seriously, compared to what people who mm. will benefit from this research is going through. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like I say, because um, I was inspired by Stand Up to Cancer, which was um, yeah. is a thing that happens here. They had Celebrity Bake Off for Stand Up to Cancer. Mm -hmm. And some of those stories just tore your heart out. And yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't think there's anyone here listening to us, me or you, that hasn't been indirectly affected by cancer. Yeah. So, yeah, again, if you can donate anything please do and if you aren't able to at the moment i understand just you know i'll just ask you to please share um the just giving page and my twitch page um around any way you can so thank you very yeah. much i'll uh, put a thing in the show notes as well 
when I turn it to Rich. Okay, yeah. so let us know your thoughts about all we've talked about. You can email us at greatershow at simplysyndicated.com, uh, tweet us at greatershowpod, or you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash greatershowpodcast. We invite you to visit simplysyndicated.com and check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by signing up to Simply Everything. A monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to ad-free versions of current shows, a library of podcasts from the network's archives, and shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon and can donate to the network through PayPal, over just links to both on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye.